0: Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Cindy Chavez here. Today is Tuesday, April the 10th, 2018, 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Your first daily dose of happy for the day. And I'm happy to report that we are seeing snowfall. I'm trying to be very happy about the fact that it's going to be melting soon. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm looking out the window and there's these big flakes hitting the ground. I'm saying, no, no, no. This is April. We're past all that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, we've talked about this, you know, the no, no, no. So we have to go the positive aspect. This
0: is true. Okay. Flakes are
1: big and beautiful and... That's all I can think of, but I know you can think of more. Well,
0: I'm just going to do my usual weather thing. When I don't like what the weather is doing, I yeah. visualize what I want to do instead. So I'm going to okay. do it here on the air. I am going to visualize 70-degree temperatures, beautiful blue, sunny skies, little puffy white clouds, gentle breezes, you know, animals frolicking in the woods. You know, that's my ideal. That's like my, my, my favorite kind of, uh, of weather. And... Uh, I do have a history with it. I mean, uh, for the book that we're putting together, I've got like four or five stories in there about how Louise and I have influenced the weather over the years. So, hey, why not? Let's get rid of the snow. Let's replace it with beautiful blue skies and, you know, temperate temperatures and, you know, shorts weather.
1: (laughs) Well, after all, it is April. So, you know, that's one of those things that sometimes when people are trying to create a certain outcome, it's certain the, what they're seeing with their eyes so to speak in the physical world it becomes more difficult if it seems like it's really unlikely you know what i mean like oh yeah if it was december it'd be more it may be more difficult to hold that vision of beautiful weather but certainly we've all had a day in april where it was 70 degrees and blue sunny skies at least i have so
0: absolutely sure
1: so I, that that feels easier to me it to is. be able to, oh, yeah. to vision envision that now with it being april 10th then
0: <laughs> yeah oh yeah it's a lot easier to visualize that no doubt about it um, yeah. i now i do have to admit i have this other side of me that likes a challenge so for instance you know if there's a hurricane going on i'll try to influence the hurricane in order to you know change it to something more placid and less damaging And I'll do it by aiming at that 70-degree blue sky little scene that I create for myself. And I get really, really excited about it. And often it works. That's the thing that really surprises me. I'm mean,
1: i down here in hurricane land, so you may be getting some calls from me.
0: Well, hey, all you got to do is just do what I do. Literally, you just believe. Of course, belief is the big part. But you, you figure out what your favorite weather scene is. And just, you know, picture that as as boldly and as, you know, with much brass as you possibly can. And then yeah. while you're doing it, just, you know, celebrate the fact that, oh, wow, it's going to be like this. And do it for like, I mean, when, the ones that I've been really successful on are the ones where I focused on it for two, three, four, five, six, seven minutes at a time. You know, just continuous focus and getting excited and building the thought and building the excitement and building the image and so on and so forth. And when I do that consistently, I'll very, very often get the result that I want, like 90%, 95% of the time.
1: Well, We've definitely seen hurricanes fizzle out and turn in a different direction and you know, not be as bad as they were looking like they were going to be. And so that always lends itself to that ability to kind right. of recognize that anything can happen. I think, that, I think that ability to not draw a conclusion is really important in law of attraction when we want to be conscious about what we're creating. And then there's the flip side of it, which is if you're living in a city that a hurricane's coming straight for, I think your focus is going to have to be pretty powerful individually because you're living in a whole mess of people that are in fear and preparing for it, and which, of course, we have to do. Um, I don't want to get caught not being prepared.
0: Absolutely. Right. And in so. fact your first your first move is to make sure that you're in a safe area. If you're not in a safe right. area you move there first. You don't try to influence the the, the hurricane first. You move Correct. to the safe area first and then you try to influence the hurricane. Exactly. Which I have done by the way.
1: It would be awesome to have a whole group focusing on it. Oh you know? yeah.
0: Oh you could do some big things with a group. No doubt about it. Yeah. Well there's I mean there's the famous uh studies by uh I can't think who it is. One of the Indian guru types, I can't remember which one, Maharishi maybe, I don't know, Um, where they focus on Washington, D.C. and other metropolitan areas and just basically say prayers for those places and think good thoughts. And when they do, the crime rate drops like 20 or 30% for the day.
1: Oh, yeah, and I've heard that over and over.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's been repeated many times. So So do you think
1: it's just the... Intense focus—that's necessary—that we lack sometimes.
0: It's the focus, and it's it's the excitement. I mean, we live in an emotional based universe, right? So, right. if if we're in an emotional based universe, that means we got to crank up the universe's emotional response to our emotion. Which, or I guess it's the other way around—we got to crank up our response to what's going on and and to what we want to go on, so that the universe can react to it the way we need it to. Because uh, when we have that, you know, what they call the high flying you know, high vibrational, good feeling place. That's where all the good stuff happens, right? Well, okay, then let's put it to use. That's what deliberate creation is all about. It's getting ourselves into that high place so we can have things happen that we want to have happen, including the most incredible things. I mean, I'm not going to give away my stories because they're going to be in the book and and you're going to want to read the book. Um, But (laughs) But uh, you're
1: tempted, aren't you? (laughs) But I'm really
0: tempted because, I mean, there are numerous stories that I have to tell where literally the weather was affected just around me. Nowhere yeah. else, just around me. <laughs> it's bizarre. It reminds bizarre. me of the story, the,
1: of Esther's story about the, yes. the
0: drought. Yes, exactly. Yes, the that's drought, exactly right.
1: Pretty much rained on, on her property, and then she heard it on the news that there was a, a freak storm a freak way over there.
0: Storm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's awesome.
0: Well, that actually does happen, and, and I've had it happen... Well, I, I've remembered five different ones. Louise and I had five different occasions that we could remember where we influenced the weather directly, and those are the ones we wrote up. I know there have been others. I just couldn't remember what they were. But out of those five, one, two, three of them all had immediate, just around us, results. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's fun. It is fun.
0: (laughs) When it happens, you look, you say, oh, my God. (laughs) That's incredible.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I had that um, every year at St. Patrick's Day, our city has a really big parade. And at the bottom of the hill, it just culminates in this gigantic party. And this year we had rain. And it was kind of funny because I was like, well, you know. We can focus on just stopping the rain on the parade route.
0: (laughs) It doesn't have to stop
1: in the whole city. This is true. Right here on the parade route. And every time it started to rain, I would do that exact thing. I would start picturing blue skies and beautiful parade weather, the sun shining and lots of people milling around. And it was funny because it would sort of stop and just, turn into a little mist and then it would go away and then a couple hours it would start again and exactly. I wasn't down the street at the party. I was, I was up the street and every time I noticed that it was threatening to rain again, I would just start focusing on, pr- on really pretty weather and it really never did, did happen. We got a very light rain where it was almost like a mist and then it would stop. <laughs> it's kind of fun, actually. It is.
0: It's a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> and I'm actually also remembering a time this is when we lived in Virginia when there was a tornado. There's a lot of tornadic activity in Virginia like there is throughout you know, much of the Midwest. Um, but not that Virginia is part of the Midwest, but it, it is part of the tornado alley in a sense. And that particular time, it was spring. I don't remember exactly what part of spring it was, but it was spring. And there was a report of a tornado that was going up and down Route 29, otherwise known as the Robert E. Lee Highway, through Virginia and we lived very very close to that highway and I remember the tornado coming up the highway within like a mile of the apartment we lived in at the time and we we knew it was going up the highway we, we didn't know anything about law of attraction at that point but we knew it was going up the highway and I remember looking out at the highway and I remember seeing you don't really see a when you're that close you don't really see a funnel too much it's just like stuff blowing around you know mm-hmm. but I remember seeing it blowing around and blowing around and thinking, I really don't want it to be there. I remember moving the other direction. (laughs) It's just like, whoa, (laughs) what happened? I don't understand.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, that's interesting because you're like, I didn't know anything about law of attraction then. And that's, it's such a good point that we're always practicing law of attraction. We are. Whether we know about it or not, whether we're conscious of it or not, whether we're, you know, directing it in the right, you know, in in a better direction or not. Uh, We're always practicing it. And I think it's awesome once we do learn about it uh, that many of us have done this, have been able to look back. I was just, I'm trying to remember the story. I just was telling a story about this this weekend because I recognized that an experience I had where I believe I really did affect the outcome with my emotions and thoughts it hit me this weekend that, oh, wait, wait, I was telling the story and I was like, you know, that was before I really consciously knew about the Law <laughs> of
0: Attraction. Yeah. Well, actually, on Facebook just a day, I think it was yesterday, actually, I got a, a private message from a young woman who's involved in one of the Law of Attraction groups there, who I believe is from China. And she wrote me a note, she she friended me, then wrote me a note and asked if she could ask me some stuff. I said, sure. and. She started off by asking me, are you a master of the law of attraction? And I I felt like Confucius when I replied, we are all masters. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. We are all masters. We may not realize it, but we are all masters, every one of us. The only thing we're really trying to master is deliberate creation, which is Correct. You know, sort of like a branch of it. But we're all really good at this stuff. We're far better at it than we realize. <laughs> it's just amazing.
1: Very true, and and I think it's great when we can recognize that we have created, you know, things that we enjoyed, not just always. Boy, what a mess I created! But looking back and recognizing, well, hey, I didn't even know what I was doing, and I had this success.
0: Yes, yes. Right.
1: So that. That can uh, be exciting and and help to inspire us towards more successes with being deliberate.
0: Although what I have to say, what I like the most is when what seemed to be bewildering, because it's bewildering when when it happens and and you really don't believe that it was you, you know, but it just kind of happens around you. Like, what the heck was that? When you transition from that to understanding what's going on, I like that the best. When I know what it is I'm doing and I understand what it is I'm doing and understanding that I'm actually having an impact on what's going around me through my thoughts, through my emotions, that feels a whole lot better to me. Being you know, in the blind, so to speak, I really didn't like that at all. That was very uncomfortable for me. I mean, maybe it's different for other people, but for me, that's the way it was.
1: No, I think that that's the day that we recognize that there aren't really any coincidences. Well,
0: <laughs> so that was the day when I thought I was I was like haunted or, or possessed or something because I had this evil spirit coming after me. But uh, no, <laughs> it wasn't an then, evil then, spirit. Like, it's just
1: a coincidence. It's like wow, this is crazy. I was just I was just wanting this to happen, and boom, it happened. What a great coincidence! It's <laughs> yeah, like, right. No, not really.
0: <laughs> yeah, not really. But that's all right. That's the good thing about becoming self-aware where LOA is concerned and being aware of what the law of attraction is. Um, I mean, I even remember my first reaction to hearing, what, hearing the words law of attraction because it was in watching the movie The Secret. And toward the very beginning, uh, you, you hear Bob, Bob Proctor say the secret is the law of attraction. I said to myself, what the bleep is that?
1: <laughs> and then there was a What the Bleep movie.
0: <laughs> That's right. There is, there is a What the Bleep movie. What the bleep do we know?
1: That's <laughs> kind of funny. When I think back, you know, I, I'm trying to remember, and I already had some law of attraction knowledge before that movie. And I think that most of it came, it was funny that you said Bob Proctor because. You know, Bob Proctor had been teaching this stuff long before the movie. That's yep. why he was invited to be in the movie. That's true. Right? Yep. And I think it was just working in, in sales. And some of the trainers that I had and managers that I had were very, very positive. And Bob Proctor would have been one of the people that they, you know, followed mm-hmm. their teachings and writings and they were teaching some of those things to me. So when Esther Hicks and the movie, the secret and all of that came out, I wasn't really super well-versed <clears throat> in it, but I was at the point where I was like, Oh, this is familiar. Wait, mm-hmm. this is the same thing that Sanso was teaching, right, me." you know? Right. Okay. Um, but to, to, re- to get that, that idea all of a sudden and start recognizing that, Oh my goodness, like I can have a hand in what's going on in my life. I'm I'm not just blown about by every wind of change. I don't have to just accept what I think is happening to me. I can affect these things. And affect it not just by like we were talking, you know, last week, by hard work and a lot of effort, but with my mental state. That's well, that, an amazing revelation to have. It's, it's, it it's a wonderful day that day that we discovered <laughs> that.
0: Well, that that was actually, I mean, the second part of that about uh, doing it through the hard work, that was my experience that I'd been doing the hard work and I hadn't gotten anywhere. Right. And I didn't understand why I hadn't gotten anywhere. So that's why I was at least willing to listen to it. I mean, when I first heard them say, okay, it's the law of attraction, my next question, of course, was, okay, so how do I do it? And then, you know, after about 10 or 15 minutes, they actually get to how you do it. You know, ask believe and receive and I said well that's a bunch of nonsense <laughs> that's crazy that's not that's just a bunch of hokum-pokum what, you know what the heck is this all about yeah but some reason I kept watching it I think I kept watching because I knew my my uh, experience had been that the hard work approach wasn't working so I was willing to try almost anything at that point and the more I watched it the more some of what they said made some sense and then now I started taking some inventory okay so what has happened in my life are there times when my thoughts did impact what was coming in? And while I couldn't see any positive examples of it, I realized I could see a lot of negative examples that it really scared me. Oh, wow. I could see it because there was so much negativity going on in my head, huge amounts of negativity. So when I realized that, first of all, that was true, and my wife had to point it out to me, and I first, I. I didn't believe it. I actually refuted. I said, no, I'm a positive person. But then she started putting out examples. And I had to honestly say, you know what? She's right. I am speaking a lot more negatively than I realized. And so as I took the inventory and realized just how prevalent it was in my thought process, that's what really scared me. And I said, how the heck do you get out of this? Because I couldn't see a way out. That's the thing. When you're in that really depressed, you know, fear-based, anger-based state, you can't see a way out.
1: You can't. No, that that's absolutely true. It's 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 an energetic thing, yeah. and that energy um, is very very heavy.
0: Yes, good. Right, word.
1: and so it's it doesn't take much of it to to bring your level down, so to speak. In right. the same way, you know, the best way to to think about that is, you know, if everyone's happy and in a good mood, and we're all chatting and we're really excited, and someone walks in you know and they are not in that place and and they're you know depressed and and thinking negatively and talking in that vein of impossibility it doesn't take much of that to bring to close down the whole party right (laughs) it's like it it's very hard to keep those vibes all up when someone else is down oh yeah that's that's because that net that lower level of energy is so heavy it doesn't even take much of it and so when we're like totally down in that spot of experiencing that level one and level two energy it's very hard for we can't see anything else and that's why when we're there it seems like all we know how to do is argue for where we're at that's right we just argue for our limitations, yes. And someone can say to us, "But what about this?" You know, no, no. Everything is a yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, this but. and no, no, no. Be- and it, it's, I always try to remember that when I'm speaking to someone who's in that place where they're arguing for their limitations, is that it's, it's just really hard for them to see their way out.
0: It is, yeah.
1: So hard. So I- so thankful for recognizing that emotional scale. And knowing that we don't have to see all the way to the top. We just have to see.
0: <laughs> see something a little you bit know? better. Yeah, right? that's true. It's
1: like the headlights on the highway, you know, that saying that you don't have to see all the way to the end of the road. You just have to see as far as your headlights are shining.
0: Plus, it was also really difficult for me in the sense that, yes, I knew I had all this negativity going on, but I didn't really get the idea that I was arguing for my limitations. I really didn't understand that.
1: No, because at that point, it's just the reality that we know. So we're That's like, no, right. oh, this is how it is. It's, it I'm is what it working is. I'm myself <laughs> to the bone every day, and it's not having a result.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the idea that I was actually justifying being in a bad place was... That was insane. Who would do that? No yeah, one does that. Everybody does it. That's who would do it. I, I
1: don't like to think of myself doing it either, but I know that I have.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Those were all life-changing moments when I realized how negative I was, when I realized how dominant in my thoughts the negativity was, when I eventually realized that I was limiting myself with those beliefs. And then when I was faced with the idea of trying to climb that emotional scale, when I was coming from a point of view that said, well, we have no control over our emotions, <laughs> mm. I mean, I felt just a- absolutely trapped. I mean, how the heck do you climb out of it? That's what it felt like. Plus, I wasn't yeah. actually – I didn't have any um, uh, books to, re- to reference. I hadn't found where the good books were. The only thing I knew about was you know, the secret and uh that was about it so that wasn't enough to go on i played the secret 25 times and it still wouldn't get any better <laughs>
1: <laughs> well it had some effect because look where you are now that's
0: true yes it, well i didn't I... give up on it because i knew that anything was better than where i was so i was willing to try almost anything at that point and that's what i kept doing i literally tried everything anything that that you know somebody suggested in a Oh, on a YouTube page or in a Facebook chat or whatever else, if somebody suggested, I said, okay, I'll go take a look at that. Let me see, see what's there. And, you know, I'd pick up one little piece of tidbit and and meanwhile, I'm trying to piece it all together. My mind is so confused, so confused because there was no coherent explanation until I finally ran into Abraham and then I start reading Abraham. Of course, the first book I found in Abraham was asking It Is given, which is probably one of the most redundant books ever written. I mean, I'm not dissing it. I'm just saying over and over and over. They just keep saying the same thing. And unless you look carefully, it looks like they're just being purely repetitive for 300 pages. Like, what's the point of this?
1: I think it's kind of funny because you just said, like, you played the movie, The Secret, like 25 times. It's just the same thing over and over. And then you reach and you finally find this book. And it feels like it's it's the same same thing thing over and over. It feels like the universe is just hammering this at you.
0: And, and then there, there's the video that I ran into very shortly after that. It was an Abraham video. Esther channeling Abraham or, or receiving from Abraham. And she says, in Abraham's voice, and she's saying this as a joke, she says, uh, we are happy here today to answer all of your questions. We just want you to know in advance that the answer is always the same. That's right. It's so funny. <laughs> it's like, no, well, thank you very much. I mean, come on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, so, well, I think it's great that at one point you were searching for information. And now you're here every day for those people that are searching for information.
0: Well, thank you. And I, I'm glad that you are too. And Wendy and Joel and David and Tom, I'm glad we're all doing this because so it's, we, it's so much more fun to do it together.
1: We're specifically right now uh, looking at money in the law of attraction, which I, I think a lot of ears perk up about that oh, yes. going through this book. So I want to make sure before we dive in today that we make any announcements we have. Do you have any?
0: Uh, Nothing really big. I mean, uh, we did reach the thirty-seven thousand play over the weekend, so that was good. We're closing in on 40,000. That's going to happen, I would guess, sometime in the next 10 days or so. Uh, wow. It's always, it's always <laughs> hard to project, but, yeah, it's going to be something like that. And progress is being made on the book. Um, I actually didn't get anything done in a big way yesterday, but uh, I'm hoping this week to have – the basic book stitched together, which doesn't mean it's ready for publication, but it means it's really close. <laughs> Wonderful. Because at that point, you have to do a whole new, you know, read it through again t- to re-edit to make sure you, you didn't miss anything and so forth. And then once we've done that, then of course I have to show it to, to all the authors who've been contributing to this because they got to see how you know, how I butchered what they put together. No, actually I didn't butcher it, <laughs> but but I'm you not know expecting what I mean. That. No, I don't think most are. <laughs> But nevertheless, everybody needs to see it, right? Because they want to see, you know, did I represent them properly? Did I chop anything out that was important? All that kind of thing. Right. And then once we get that done, probably one last read-through just to make sure there's nothing glaring that I overlooked, and then we're ready to publish. So we're close. We're very we're close. getting there. Yeah. We're
1: getting there. All and right. And
0: let's see. Oh, the other thing to uh, announce, too, especially since this particular program will be playing tonight... On PRN at the same time that we're doing the Tuesday night podcast with with Tom Wells, uh, if you are listening on PRN to the semi live version, I don't know what to call it, to the, to the version that's playing tonight, Tuesday night on PRN, and you wanted to talk to us live, we're actually doing it live right now over on net. So, and that the same thing will happen tonight at Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday nights we always do the the live podcast in the evening for people who want to call in and talk to us live. So if you've ever wanted to talk to a coach directly, you know here's a way to do it, and it costs you nothing except you know connecting to us. It's real simple. So just go to net and tune in, and you'll see the instructions right there about how to connect to us. Not that awesome. you have to wait for Tuesday night. No, you can actually connect to us anytime. Just use the Zoom platform right there on the homepage, and, and it you know just walks you right through how to connect to us. It's very simple. You can do it from anywhere in the world. doesn't matter where you are. Don't, you don't need to have a cell phone to do it. Just a computer with, you know, like a microphone or a headset or something is good enough. So... Right. So we've
1: got so much going on. So if you're over there at LOAToday.net, be sure and subscribe so you don't miss anything. Yeah,
0: that too. (laughs) Subscribe and share. Yeah, that's really important because we're finding that people who subscribe, they listen and listen and listen. I don't know if I told you, Cindy, last month, the average listener listened to 45 episodes.
1: Yeah, you told me, and I was like, mind blown, because mind the blowing. first time we ever discussed that, and it wasn't that long ago. No, um,
0: it was less than half that. I think
1: that number was 22, and yeah. I was like, wow, and then you told me 45. It's like, <laughs> that's awesome. That's so, wonderful.
0: it does pay to subscribe. People are finding that they love it, and they just want to catch up with every single episode They have, they can find the time to listen to. So it's well worth it. And then, of course, when you subscribe, make sure you share with others so that they know what's going on as well. So awesome. there's our announcements for the day.
1: Well, I'm ready to dive in. Let's go. We've been working our way through the book, Money and the Law of Attraction, Learning to Attract Wealth, Health, and Happiness. It's a number one New York Times bestseller, Mm -hmm. Esther and Jerry Hicks, The Teachings of Abraham. And we are just in the last couple of weeks got into the really juicy stuff about money. I know money is really important. Uh, We can't, we pretty much can't do anything without it. So we want to make sure that we're in the space where we can always have enough of it uh, and more than enough to do the things we want to do. So we're on a section in the paperback. We're on the bottom of page 69 and the section starts with what if a poor one doesn't feel poor? So Jerry says, If others who are noticing you and comparing you to themselves come to the conclusion that you're poor, but you don't feel poor, then you wouldn't be in a state of lack. And so you would be able to move quickly toward more abundance in that case, right? And Abraham says, that is correct. Others' assessment of you has no bearing on your point of attraction unless you are bothered by their assessment. Comparing your experience to the experiences of others can amplify a feeling of lack within you if you come to the conclusion that they have succeeded more greatly than you have. And you then activate within yourself a feeling of less than. Also, noticing a lack of prosperity in the experience of others does not put you in a place of attracting greater prosperity for yourself because you will be getting what you think about what you draw to you or keep from you has nothing to do with what anyone else is doing. An improved feeling of prosperity, even if your current reality does not justify the feeling will always bring more prosperity to you. Paying attention to the way you feel about money is a much more productive activity than noticing how others are doing. I'm going to stop for a second because all of this, you know, if, if, if someone was listening and they hadn't heard our last few months, uh, <laughs> they wouldn't know. But I, I decided that I was going to do an affirmation and I was going to say it a thousand times a day mm-hmm. or 10 days. And I did it. And the affirmation was, I feel rich. Very simple. Just I feel rich. And this whole paragraph is saying that that's the most important thing you can do is to feel an improved feeling of prosperity. That's right. So, like, at the point that I was starting that practice, nothing was different in my life. Nothing changed, like, in the first five minutes, you know. But maybe it did. Well, nothing <laughs> that you could suddenly, see anyway. Because things started happening that were, like, wow. <laughs> right? That was it the second day that we got a $50 gift card in the mail for a place that we like to eat? Which a is fantastic. A $50 gift card, not yeah. a $10 gift no, card. No, that's a
0: nice gift. one. That's a That's a good one. A really good one.
1: And then our car seemed to be having a problem and we took it in and we ended up with the top of the line Mercedes loaner for three weeks while they tried to find something. And then they said they didn't find it. Uh, So we kept just laughing about it. It's like one thing after another just kept happening and happening. And that's all I did was focus on how I was feeling about money. Okay. So allowing more money to flow into your,
0: before you go any further, I also want to mention the big, The first sentence of that last paragraph has a really important point. What you draw to you or keep from you has nothing to do with what anyone else is doing. That is just incredibly important. And it was not a point that I understood early on. And in fact, if I had understood it, I think it would have cleared a number of things up for me. But the simple fact is... It doesn't matter what your neighbor is doing. It doesn't matter what the president is doing. It doesn't matter what that guy over in China is doing. It doesn't matter what the guy in Russia is doing. It doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. None of that impacts your prosperity. None of it. Yes. Doesn't matter what's going on with the economy. Doesn't matter what's going on with you know the, the New York Stock Exchange. Doesn't matter what's going on currently with your job, believe it or not. Not of it. Well, the only the it. only
1: reason why those things matter is that we start focusing on them, and then we bring our own thoughts into alignment with what what whatever we think they are, right?
0: Exactly. But you that's know, it's the like, hard part. I hear part. people
1: say, "Well, in this economy," and it's like you know. I always think you know what if remember that story you told Walt about the people that they put in the room in the hotel or whatever for ten days, yeah, and yeah. they <laughs> like made the whole thing be like it was fifty years ago or whatever. Right. Yes. Right. It's like if all of a sudden. The, everything they saw was that the economy was booming, their money vibe would go up. That's right. Now, nothing might not change for them unless they really, you know, started getting into that vibe. But their idea, our ideas about what's going on affect us. So that's why you're right. That's why this is so important. It does not matter. And it's also the reason why we bring ourselves down immediately, most of the time, as soon as we start comparing ourselves. To someone else's experience.
0: We talked a moment ago about how easy it is to argue for our own limitations. Right. You know, to to argue for our limiting beliefs. Well, there's a perfect example of it. Whenever we say, well, the economy is down, we have just argued for our own limitations.
1: Right, exactly.
0: And it seems so easy to do. I mean, everybody agrees about that, right? Of course it's the case. (laughs) When the economy is down, everybody suffers. That's the way it works, isn't it?
1: But, you know, I, as soon as I hear that, I always say, look, there are people that are being prosperous no matter what the economy is.
0: It's true. We
1: hear all those sirens going by? That's <laughs> all the sirens outside my window. It's like that's a that's a pay attention, right? That's right. Yes. <laughs> there are people that make money in every in every economic reality.
0: That was and actually so- the police tracking somebody down who had a, a limiting belief. saying, hey, stop that limiting belief.
1: <laughs> all right. Let's keep going here. Um, (laughs) Allowing more money to flow into your experience requires far less than most people understand. Isn't that great news? It is. Um, All that's required is that you achieve a vibrational balance in your own thoughts. If you want more money, but doubt you can achieve it, you're not in balance. If you want more money, but you believe there is something wrong in having money, you are not in balance.
0: Oh boy, yes.
1: If you want more money, and you are angry at those who have more money, you're not in balance. When you're feeling these emotions of inadequacy, insecurity, jealousy, injustice, anger, and so on, your emotional guidance system is letting you know you are out of alignment with your own desire. Most people make no effort in coming into personal alignment with the subject of money. Instead, they spend years, even lifetimes pointing out perceived injustices, attempting to define the rightness or wrongness of the subject, and even trying to put laws in place to orchestrate the flow of money in the civilization when a rather small effort, in comparison with the impossible attempt at controlling those outside circumstances, would yield them an enormous return.
0: And once again, I want to make another comment here because that is precisely what I used to do. I, I told you I've written a book, right? I wrote a novel mm-hmm. back in 2009. It was about right. the financial crisis. And my purpose with that book was exactly what they said here. I was attempting to define the rightness or wrongness of the subject. That's exactly what I was trying to do. And I was trying to get the message out because I believed, and, and I I know it's still true, but I believed that it, that – most people did not understand why it was the financial crisis really happened. They, they know what they were told by the news media and by the politicians and the economists and so forth. But I knew it was a different thing entirely. And I, I really believed it was important for people to understand that. And there's even a piece of me today that believes that. But I have to keep reminding myself, really, that has nothing to do with whether or not anyone has money. And that's a hard concept for me because I fought so hard for that. I believe so strongly in it. And I got nowhere, by the way. I might want to add the fact that I got nowhere with it. The few, you know, like the 30 people or, or so who liked, who read my novel liked it, but most people didn't even know it existed, first of all. And second of all, it made absolutely no difference in the way the monetary system works. Yeah. You know, it was basically tilting at windmills.
1: <laughs> yeah, because that's a, a big monstrous machine. It is, yeah.
0: You know, so right? I, and I was feeling pretty desperate at the time that I wrote it because that's what was driving me was the desperation that we got to know this. We got this is important. We, people have their heads buried in the sand and all that kind of stuff. Boy, was I on the wrong track. Oh.
1: Well, and what's the good news is this next sentence, right? That goes right towards us. Nothing is more important than that you feel good. For when you feel good, you're in harmony with your greater intent.
0: And when I first read that, I said, "What?" <laughs>
1: And, you know, I want to keep pointing out and I know they're pointing out, but we're not saying you should feel good about a certain thing that feels bad. It's not pretending that this thing that feels bad, pretending that it feels good. If it feels bad, it feels bad. That's correct. And that's our and that's our red, you know, dashboard check engine light, mm-hmm. that bad feeling To look for what feels better. So that's the important thing. It is. That's what causes us to create alignment. Here it says, in harmony with your greater intent. So many believe that hard work and struggle are not only a requirement to achieve success, but that working hard and struggling long is more honorable is a more honorable way of living,
0: and I want to. And I, I think want to interject that that, here too. that is
1: such a predominant belief. It is. We it's huge. That so much, right? What do oh, we yeah. hear? Like someone that someone that comes into the world into a family that has a lot of wealth and they have a trust fund and they pretty much don't have to work. How often do we hear? Oh yeah, a trust fund baby, like in a very
0: derogatory way. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Right,
1: and then the person that's worked really hard and really long, we lift them up and say. Wow, they they have worked so long and so hard and they're so deserving of this, right? And so even when we want to say, Yeah, no, I I think it should be easy and there's still all this judgment going on in the background. Well,
0: like, there was judgment yeah, going on in my background, in my own head. <laughs> I created the, the, the judgment because I was one of those people who was saying, you know, I've worked really hard, you know, where do I collect? Because I haven't right. been able to collect it so far, I know that for a fact. And I was feeling angry about it. And then we start comparing
1: ourselves to other people oh, and yeah. "Well, wow, why is it so easy for them?"
0: That's right.
1: Um, they, I know, I work harder than they do, right? It's like, oh my goodness. Then we're on that road.
0: We're definitely so on that road, and and when we're on that road, we're not on the road of feeling good. The idea no, that you could be does in-
1: not feel good. It does not feel good to to be recognizing that I work so hard and I still haven't gotten my reward and. These other people, they don't work hard at all. And look at them. That that is not a good feeling to tell ourselves that story.
0: But there's also a clue in there. That first paragraph, the one that's italicized, the one that you pointed to, the one that says nothing is more important than that you feel good. For when you feel good, you are in harmony with your greater intent. When I'm looking at myself a number of years ago, at that time, when I was really frustrated about the monetary system and so frustrated that most people didn't even understand how it worked and they didn't understand how they were being ripped off by it and anything else, you know, all this other stuff that I was so worked up about, the one thing that I was not able to do at that time, it took me a couple of years to even ask this question of myself, but the one thing I was not able to do was to identify what I thought prosperity for those people would look like. And that is the missing point. That's the missing point for anybody who is stuck in any way on any of this, this external, you know, mess of things that we feel like we have to go fix in some way or take the right attitude about or, you know, look at the rightness or the wrongness or whatever. That's where we actively get stuck. We can't actively say, here is what prosperity for everyone looks like. And until you can say what that looks like, you don't have a prayer.
1: And we can't say what it looks like because we're so busy focusing on what the lack of it looks like.
0: That's right. Precisely. And, and this is
1: true for almost any topic, not just money. That's right. I told you the story before. I had someone say to me that you know she had been involved with a lot of men that were very disrespectful. And she said, I know for certain that the next relationship I am, I'm in has yes. to be someone who respects me. And I said, tell me what that would look like. And she immediately started telling me, about all these disrespectful behaviors.
0: Yeah, well, it's not this and it's wait, wait, not that.
1: Wait. Yeah, I said. Yeah, she said. Oh, you know, when when people call you when you don't want to be called, or the, when they they say this or they say, I said, wait, wait, wait. I want to know what it would look like if someone was respecting you, and it there was nothing. Nothing was coming up. It was like you know, this couldn't matter right? anything. Like, yeah. What What would prosperity look like if That's we right. start focusing on that? Then we'll see it.
0: Same thing with somebody who's got a dread disease. What does health look like? Yeah, you know. And look, da- it's
1: hard. It's hard. It's hard to pull. That's what we've been talking about all morning. Is when you're when you're in that other side and you've been arguing for your limitations. It's very hard to to see your way out.
0: But it's also important to know where the direction is, and that's what we're tr- what we're saying here. The direction is to express it in the positive rather than the, in the negative. I mean, I, that's. I love doing That's this with, with, with friends. I was, my, my viewpoint was politically libertarian. So you know, people who are libertarian, I love doing this with them after I've figured this out. I would say to them, okay, we all know we're against big government. We're against uh, uh, you know, intervention in other countries. We're, we're against high taxes. We're against regulation. We're against all these things. What are we in favor of?
1: Yeah, what are we for?
0: <laughs> and, and the answer inevitably will come back is, well, we're in favor of not having a large government. We're in favor of not <laughs> having large taxes. We're in favor of, we're not, well, no, no, no. What are we in favor of? <laughs> and, and you can just see the, the conflict going on in their heads and realize that's where I was just a week ago. You know, I know that feeling. I have seen that feeling. I have experienced it. And to watch it is fascinating because... You can't get there from here. You just can't That's right. do it. you
1: can't. Reminds me of those maps that you see when you're out in a park or a shopping mall or something. You are here, right? Right, exactly.
0: <laughs> so it says those
1: hard times of struggle certainly do and this is just what you were pointing out, mm-hmm. certainly do help you in the defining of what you desire. That's true. But until you release the feeling of struggle what you desire cannot come into your experience.
0: And that's what we do with limiting beliefs. That's why limiting beliefs have to be let go of. Not because they don't point to something that's better, but because they hold us back from getting to it.
1: Right. And once we can let, we have to let go. But sometimes we're so used to being in that struggle. It's all we really know. It really is. It is. It's familiar and it's easy, actually. It's easier to to tell what we're against. Of course. Yeah. Often people feel as if they need to prove their worthiness. And once that is accomplished, then and only then will rewards be given. But we want you to know that you're already worthy and that proving yourselves worthy is not only not possible, but unnecessary. What is necessary for you to receive the rewards or benefits that you seek is alignment with the essence of those benefits. You have to first bring yourself into vibrational alignment with the experiences you wish to live. We recognize that words do not teach and that our knowledge regarding the laws of the universe and of your value do not necessarily mean that now you have read our words, you now know your value. However, as you consider the premises that we are laying out for you here, and as you begin the application of the processes that we're suggesting here, it is our knowing that the universe's response to your improved vibration Will give you the evidence of the existence of these laws.
0: Really important stuff. Those last two paragraphs, mm-hmm. incredibly important. There are so many different ways we are trained by our society to believe that we're not worthy, we're not deserving. You know, we're expecting too much. You know, we are not the people. We're, we're not the, the golden child, right? <laughs> well, we're, just
1: the concept of deserving. Period. I yeah. hate that concept. Oh yeah, it's a rough <laughs> I'm concept I'm not in favor of it. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, and yet we, we grow up with it, right? You didn't deserve a good grade on that test or you, you, you know, you don't, you, you haven't been good enough for Santa to bring you up what you want, right? If you're a good little girl, Santa's going to, right. There's all these things that are just constantly, these beliefs that are constantly put into our heads when we're small that are built around the concept of deserve. Uh, You don't deserve, you know, a treat because. You didn't finish your homework, whatever. I mean, it just goes on and on. And that concept of deserving, it does not work in our favor
0: ever. No, no.
1: Because there's always going to be a time when we did work, you know, like that. I've worked really hard, right? Look how hard I've worked. And someone else got the promotion and I deserved it. So then we feel like we've been ripped off and let down and the world's against us.
0: You know what the other interesting, interesting thing about deserve is? It doesn't help the person who says that you don't deserve it. It doesn't help them either.
1: No. And then what about the time when you in your heart don't feel like you deserved whatever yep. <laughs> and you got it? Yeah. Most of the time when we're in a space of, you know, getting something and, and really truly not feeling like we should have it. Like this book has talked about in the pages before about, you know, if you think it's bad to have it or wrong to have it, like I don't really deserve it. We'll, we'll lose it or get rid of it <laughs> yes. as fast as we can. So it doesn't stick with us because we're not in alignment with
0: it. And you're absolutely right. That's exactly so, what's going to happen. I mean, it, that's precisely what's going to happen. So this whole thing, and, and I really want to focus again on the person who says that you're not deserving. Because the thing that is really valuable to, to notice, I think, especially if you have problems with feeling worthless or not deserving or whatever, is to recognize that the people who are telling us you are not deserving are never satisfied. There is absolutely no way to ever satisfy them. Because really the gist of what they're saying is, if you will do X, you will deserve Y, and that will make me happy. And it's well, always yeah. a lie. It's always a lie. Because well, and every- I see
1: this in relationship coaching. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's heartbreaking to have to be the one to... Break this bad news to people, but you know I will get someone that says, for instance, that they are trying so hard and that they've done X, Y, and Z, Mm. and that the person they're with still isn't happy, and so they've done this and this and this. And I, you know, it's like, look, it doesn't matter. They're not going to be happy if if they don't love you for who you are right now then no improvements you make are going to rectify that. That's right. And it's the same kind of thing. And so we have to be okay with ourselves.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: That's the truth. And right? we have to be
0: willing to let go of the idea that we have to please someone else. Right. We don't, it's exactly. not our job to please anybody else. And I, I mean that even including like pleasing a God or, or pleasing a government or pleasing a leader. It's not our job to please somebody else. It never is. Well, it's
1: like the bring, you know, it's not, it's not our job to, to make someone happy. That's right. It's not, and it's not someone else's job to make me happy.
0: Nor is it even possible.
1: Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs>
0: that, that's the other part. That, we have to shoot that one down real hard. It is not possible to make someone else happy. And people are going to say, well, sure, I make my husband or my wife happy all the time. No, you don't. You well, have and that's never... what I'm
1: saying. When I have a, a relationship situation where somebody's trying so hard to make their partner happy and it's just not happening. And I'm like, I'm I hate to break this to you, but it's not going to happen.
0: And, and even worse, if there's a situation where you did something and they were happy, now you've created a false conclusion that you made them happy. You do yeah, not have them to happy. find it.
1: We all have to find our own happiness.
0: You, it is not, not possible. In,
1: it's yeah. not outside of ourselves.
0: That's right. It's not possible to make someone else happy. It may, it may seem like you can, but you really can't. What actually happens in those circumstances is that you did something that triggered in them an idea and they made themselves happy, which is not the same thing as you making them happy. That's a hard concept to come to grips with. But once you come to grips with it, it's incredibly freeing.
1: And it affects everything. It so does. it's not it's not someone else's, you know, responsibility to make sure that I have enough.
0: That's right. It's,
1: it's, my, it's my responsibility to be in alignment to it.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: So it says it will not be long and it will not require much deliberate application of what you are reading here before you will be convinced of your own value and of your ability to create whatever you desire. The primary reason that people do not believe in their own value is because they often have not found a way to get what they want. And so they incorrectly assume that someone outside of them does not approve and is somehow withholding the reward. That is never true. You are the creator of your experience. Make statements such as this. I want to be the best that I can be. I want to do and have and live in a way that is in harmony with my idea of the greatest goodness. I want to harmonize physically here in this body with that which I believe to be the best or the good way of life. If you will make those statements and then do not take action unless you feel good You will always be moving upon the path in harmony with your idea of that which is good.
0: There's a a part of this too. One of the first reactions we tend to have when we hear this message, and it's a very positive message, but one of the first reactions we often have is, well, that's selfish. That's selfish behavior. That's not caring about anybody else. That's only caring about yourself. How do you you answer somebody like that? Before I give my answer, how do you answer somebody like that? Well, my answer
1: is that we often have that idea of this is really selfish that what about all the other people that don't have enough? And first of all, I like to point out that there is enough for everyone to have more than enough. Mm -hmm. But secondly, that My being poor never helped another poor person.
0: Great, in the
1: same way that me being sick does not help someone else be well. So the only way I can help a poor person have more is for myself to have more to give. (laughs) So it's a it's it's that lack mentality that says there's not enough to go around, and if I try to take any more than I'm being selfish.
0: That's it. That's it right there in a barrel. And, and I love what, the way you approach that. It is not possible to help someone be well by being sick. It is not possible to help someone be wealthy by being poor. Can't be done. And yet that is the basis for altruism. Altruism is yeah. based on the idea, I must suffer so that somebody else can benefit. And that's wrong. It's just plain it doesn't wrong. benefit
1: anyone else for me to suffer.
0: No, it doesn't. Not even slightly. Not even a little bit.
1: In the same way that you know that silly thing that we hear is like parents telling their children to finish their food on their plate because there are starving children in other countries.
0: Yeah, what are they going to do? I, they, they're going to take what's on the plate and ship well, it I off to starving. I remember star
1: saying, "Me <laughs> eating this is not going to help any starving person." <laughs>
0: I mean, by the time I got there, the, whole, the food would be rotten, for goodness sake. What are you going to send an overnight delivery?
1: It's not going to help. Me eating, me eating everything on my plate is not going to help a and single le- person. And let's say out. you do
0: get everything on the, the plate there, too, that starving person in Africa. Okay, now you fed it for one day. What happens to the next one?
1: Yeah, it's just a, it's a faulty premise. All it's the completely way around. wrong
0: all the way around. So, how about starting with the idea that selfishness is not a bad thing? How about saying, you know what, what I've been taught about selfishness is a bunch of crap because the fact is we are all selfish beings and that is very, very good because that's the only place from which we can help somebody else is from being selfish. And, And the
1: truth is, is that, that I, at some point, um, in my life, it hit me one day that no one is going to take care of me like me. Yeah. And it's not their job to do it. It's my job. It's my job to make sure that I have my needs met. And so we start there and we recognize that that whole idea that there's not enough to go around and I shouldn't take more than my fair share is that there's plenty to go around and there's always enough. And there's all there's actually enough for everyone in the world to have more than enough. So, yes, we want to be good stewards of what we're given. Yes, yes. Um, and that's not what we're saying. But what we are saying is that unless you have abundance, you won't be able to help anyone else.
0: And I'm also saying that it's impossible to be a good steward without being selfish. As much as that flies in the face of what we're normally taught, that is actually literally the truth. You cannot help someone else unless you are in a good place to help them first. You cannot well, help you know, them from a place to everything,
1: everything flows from our ability to love ourselves. And care for starts
0: there first. I mean, the
1: universe is just a big mirror mirroring back to us our ability to take care of ourselves. So that happens first, and everything else flows out from that. When we have more than enough, you know, when when our needs are met and the money issues in our life are taken care of, and the relationship issues or lack is filled, and we have those things, and our health is good. The next thing is legacy. And that's usually about taking care of someone else or doing something good for the world. And that, that's an automatic thing that happens once mm-hmm. we get the other needs met.
0: It does, yeah, one follows from the other. So we need to readjust our thought process in terms of what we've been taught. We have to throw that thinking out the, wor- the window, recognizing it for the flawed thinking that it is, and adopt a new way of thinking, a new way of, of looking at how life is. And recognizing that the old labels don't work, the old labels undermine us. The old labels actually make things worse. So let's adopt some new labels, and let's adopt even better some new meaning, and some new positive emotion, and some enjoyment, and some love of life, and love of ourselves in the process. Because when we do all that, then it becomes an entirely different life.
1: You know, I I love that you brought up the labels because labels are always connected to a judgment. And although we do need, you know, there are everyday situations in our life where we need to make a judgment call about something. We need to judge something and move forward. I'm talking about a different kind of judgment. And that's where we label things and make them bad or good. And as soon as we do that, we are lowering the level of energy that we're living in.
0: Yeah, I'd be more so I'd be more specific and say that it's harping. It's it's, yeah, the it's harping getting, that does it.
1: We can let go of those labels and judgments, yeah. really, and and not worry about them.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: because our our level of consciousness is directly related to our lack of judging, and so if we can get into a more curious place about it and not put labels of good or bad on everything. You've heard me before. It's the reason why I don't like to say something and we are we're saying it over and over in this book if something feels good or feels bad and that's fine. But I don't like to label feelings as good feelings or bad feelings. I'd rather label them comfortable and uncomfortable because mm-hmm. they're all good in the sense that they're all valuable. They're all telling us something that we need to they know. Are. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the,
1: the, and so yeah, you're right. I mean, we need to all those all those definitions that we had growing up—it's time. They may have served us at one point, but they're not serving us now.
0: Yeah, they—they they actually never served us. The harping kinds—they—they they never served us well at all. And harping, by the way, was one of the ways that early on, when I was first discovering the secret, first discovering law of attraction, that was one of the ways I was demonstrating negativity without realizing it. Because i so really believe about that for
1: a minute. Yeah, what do you mean when you say harping?
0: By harping, I mean. Negative criticism, you know, just harping on somebody like, you know, well, you know, you're doing wrong there. That's not a good thing to do. Stop doing that. That's bad. You can't, you're, you're doing the wrong thing. That's a bad thing to do. That's a bad thing to do. And that's a bad thing to do. And that's a bad thing to do. Stop doing the bad things. And I thought that I was doing a good thing by doing that. I really did. I really believed that by constantly harping on the, the failings and flaws of others, I was doing a good thing. Mm. Boy, was I off base but I really believed it at the time. That's why it took one of the reasons it took me so long to recognize how negative I was.
1: Well, I think that, you know, there's an idea that every action or behavior has a positive intent. And that's what that's talking about, right? It's that mm-hmm. you're you're like, well, I thought I was doing the right thing. Yeah. And so the intent was positive, but it wasn't having a positive result.
0: Not, not even close. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> it was so far from positive that there was only other, one other word for it. And when I was faced with that other word, it was very uncomfortable because that other word was negative. Yeah.
1: So all we really have to focus on is that anytime we're not feeling pleasurable or comfortable feelings, it's just to be aware and pay attention and reach for the better feeling. Mhm. Which is always going to come about. I loved your example of the libertarianism knowing what we're against.
0: What we're against, yeah. What what we're so, what we're in favor of is the hard part. What we're against, we're really good at that. We could do that all day long. Right. And
1: that, and that's not just true for a libertarianism. <laughs> oh no, everyone about everything most everything, of the time. Everything, every
0: philosophy, that? every belief, you name it. It's like all of it. <laughs> So,
1: well, you know, I'm looking and tomorrow the section that we're going to start on is called What is My Financial Abundance Story?
0: Mm, That's going to be a good one. And
1: what we're talking about right now (laughs) right, (laughs) is like, yeah, we can focus on the lack. Uh, It's going to be really great to create a story that shows what we're for and not just what we're for against
0: well i'm looking forward to tuning in and being a part of it just so i can hear that part because i'm sick of the lack i can tell you that
1: (laughs) (laughs) now we're going to move forward into abundance and more abundance
0: excellent well then we'll ask you all to join us as well when we do that tomorrow and and every other episode that we do here on elliway today so goodbye everybody
1: (laughs) bye everyone